Hello and welcome to Integrating Chinese Medicine with the Dow Health. I'm Elizabeth Cullen. And I'm Georgia Fong. And we are traditional Chinese medicine practitioners and acupuncturists. We are your hosts, providing an educational platform for practical ways to integrate Eastern medicine into your Western lifestyle. Throughout this podcast series, we will be discussing the benefits of getting to know our bodies in a practical sense and how to be an advocate for your own health. Hello and welcome back to Integrating Chinese Medicine. Today we will be talking about sperm health and the importance of sperm and swimmers for the fertility journey. As you may be aware, we support many couples in their journey in the clinic through fertility and supporting pregnancies. Today we will be talking about a message that we're very passionate about getting across of the importance and the role of sperm health. So let's get started. We'll start off with why is sperm health so important, Georgia? So like you said, it is a reflection of the male health and general well-being. And we know now that males play a significant role in fertility. Culturally, societally, in TCM texts and in Western medicine, there is a female-focused approach for conception. By balancing hormones, regulating cycles and supporting women's bodies to carry a baby. So unfortunately, male factors are under-tested, underdiagnosed and undertreated. However, there are lots of tests that can be performed for male infertility. So Liz, what does preconception care look like for a male? So preconception care that we support and emphasize and encourage in the clinic for women is a three-month program where the woman supports herself to regulate her cycle. And a lot of the time, This is only the female that is supporting themselves and the male role isn't spoken about as much with the GPs or with their fertility doctors. So the male preconception role is supporting spermatogenesis, which is the origin and development of the sperm cells within the male reproductive organs, the testes. This takes 90 to 100 days for the sperm to then be renewed. So then again, just like egg quality, which takes 90 to 100 days for healthier eggs, we are then supporting the production of healthier sperm. So Georgia, how does sperm health play a role in a couple's fertility journey? So we know that male infertility affects around half of all infertile couples. Statistically, we see about 40% male factor 40% female factor, and 20% is actually unknown. So it has taken medicine a long time to realise sperm health has a role to play in miscarriage and that the cause does not solely lie with the woman. Now we realise both partners contribute to recurrent miscarriage, we can hopefully get a clearer picture of, of the problem and start to look for ways to ensuring more pregnancies result in healthy babies. Let's unpack the role of males in infertility, Liz. Okay, so I thought it'd be nice to start off with of how sperm actually affects the egg and how that process happens. So I guess when we start to talk about new life and we talk about 
a little embryo being fertilized is when new life begins, when this egg from a woman is fertilized by a sperm from a male. So roughly we're looking for about 15 to 20 million sperm per millimeter needed to present in the ejaculate from intercourse with enough mobility and strength to swim the journey to the fallopian tube where conception normally takes place. It's so cute. So cute. So So I guess it's really important that we talk about the male role and this is that opportunity to really get that message across that 30 to 40% of responsibility of a couple's infertility is through male And we know in Australia that one in six couples are infertile. So I guess with the male factor infertility, it does affect half of all infertile couples, although the opportunity through spermatogenesis, so the reproduction of new sperm, is this role where we can improve the sperm to support a couple's fertility journey. When we talk about age with males and their conceiving and their sperm health, it's also a place that we need to talk about. And after the age of 45, the sperm volume, motility and morphology declines, which we'll start to discuss. So that's where it does really play a role in conceiving a baby and not only just conceiving, but also a healthy pregnancy and reducing the risk of miscarriage. So Liz, we do know an average of 100 million sperm are produced every day in healthy young men. So what are the four key components necessary to achieve satisfactory sperm production and a pregnancy? So sperm production, as we spoke about before, starts in the testes where the hormone testosterone is also produced. So there's four key components necessary to achieve satisfactory sperm production and a pregnancy. So I guess where we start, we're talking about normal hormonal stimulation from the pituitary gland. So a lot of times when males are screened, they may have a sperm test, but they may not have their pathology and hormones checked. And I guess it's important that we do check in and say that males have estrogen, the luteinizing hormone and the FSH, the follicular stimulating hormone as well. And the role that the luteinizing hormone plays is it causes the testicles to actually make testosterone, which is really important for producing the sperm. And good quality sperm, good swimmers. Um, so with FSH, the folliculating, the follicular stimulating hormone, it's released by the pituitary gland in the brain. So for males, this stimulates testicular growth and development. So it is important to check prolactin levels in males as well as females. So from there, not only do we want this to have ideal normal hormonal stimulation. We also want to see normal sperm production in the tubules of the testes, as well as an unobstructed sperm pathway and effective natural sperm delivery. So I'm sure we've all heard the phrase strong swimmers. So we thought we'd unpack that a little bit and what does strong swimmers actually mean? So Liz, we now know the importance of male swimmers or sperm quality for conception. In the paradigm of male fertility, we want to ensure men have the right amount of swimmers, that they are swimming in the right direction and they don't get lost, (laughs) and they are also the right shape. So in a sperm analysis, we refer to this as motility, morphology, and count. In terms of motility, this refers to the ability of the sperm to move efficiently. Morphology refers to the size and the shape of the sperm, And count refers to how much sperm is produced. With this glossary that I've just used, why is this so important for fertility, Liz? So we would like a healthy sperm to look like a streamlined tadpole. (laughs) 
So a tadpole that's doing butterflies. Yes. (laughs) Not drowning. No. (laughs) So um, from anatomy perspective, if we talk about sperm, so a sperm consists of the head, tail and mid-piece sections. And really to successfully fertilise this egg, the sperm will need to be able to move its tail, so that's the motility, to propel itself through cervical mucus. So we know with cervical mucus that there is an increased amount, which is the fertile mucus around ovulation, to then travel through the uterus and fallopian tubes to reach the egg. It's quite a journey when you think about it. I know. They've got a long way to go. They really do. <laughs> have to be strong. <laughs> it will also need to be normally shaped, the sperm, in order to penetrate the outer shell of the egg to deliver its genetic package contained in the head. So when you think about it, you've got 15 million to 20 million racing to this egg. The egg must be pretty popular. I know. Yeah. <laughs> must be a good time. Must be fun. <laughs> yeah. So I guess um, with the sperm shape, you know, we speak about different other phrases other than what you've just mentioned with the glossary and the terms. So mm. we know we know that azospermia is absent sperm. So that's when the semen doesn't contain any sperm in a sperm analysis. Yeah. So this can be caused by a blockage of the tubes or testicular failure. But, gee, what is oligospermia? So that refers to low sperm count. Mm. So... In terms of sperm count, we want to see 15 million sperm per mil of semen in okay. this semen analysis. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. But interestingly, the World Health Organization criteria for semen analysis chart viable sperm per ejaculation of five mils of sperm, right? Yeah, right. So these ranges of optimal sperm quality have significantly reduced in recent years. Therefore, with the new reference ranges, men are now considered okay that would actually be subfertile 15 to 20 years ago. So this is why it's so important for males to check in with their health and adjust their lifestyle factors to ensure they are producing the highest quality sperm for conception. Right. Okay. So I guess from a clinical perspective, we've begun to unpack the glossary. We've got ranges there for a sperm analysis. How can... A patient or how can a male go for a sperm analysis how does that work do they go where do they go so a male can book in with their gp and they can organize that testing done straight through their gp the pathology and also the semen analysis as well if the semen analysis comes back not at an adequate level then they can get further testing done where they'll check in with sperm antibodies, they'll check for DNA fragmentation, and they'll also check for structural problems, including blockages, and also whether they'll check for if there's enough sperm and if there's reduced numbers. But this would probably be through a specialist rather than your GP if the sperm analysis comes back with concerns. Yes. And rather than doing this after a number of miscarriages, I guess where we speak about miscarriages and that there is a risk of one in four pregnancies does result in a miscarriage and we now know the responsibility of the role of the male factor in a miscarriage, that I guess doing this for preconception care would be beneficial for the couple. Definitely. And they can go on the fertility journey together. Exactly. Exactly. It's an empowering time to have as a couple. Yes. Whereas I guess for females, they have a marker. They know that each month if they're getting their period or they're not getting their period, that might be that first signal of, oh, hey, I'm not getting my period, but we do want to conceive. So I guess sometimes for a woman, they may be more 
encouraging to go to the doctor and and get that checked out but to go together and really have that process as a journey of both getting checked for screening before they try to conceive would be beneficial definitely yeah and and i guess oh um a fun fact by the way the study of the male um the mice that we found yes yeah so um with the dna fragmentation which she was saying that probably would be tested by a specialist. Yes. So the study of male mice showed that stress and being stressed and also levels of obesity in male mice modify the genes carried in their sperm. So I guess it's really interesting, isn't it? Because from a lifestyle factor, what can males do? And I guess we've spoken from a clinical perspective of sperm analysis and sperm health. So let's jump into reality of how this looks for a male who is looking at supporting his sperm health for preconception care, or maybe you're halfway through the fertility journey and you know this is a place where this is the first that you've heard of it. And also talking to, if you're a female and you're talking, do you want to talk to your partner about how to approach this subject? Yes. Where should we begin? Should we start to talk about desire or should we start to talk about food? Let's check in with, let's talk about food and lifestyle factors first. Yeah, let's do that. Then we'll go into desire and frequency of ejaculation for males. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, beautiful. So like females, we always check in with diet, diet, um, alcohol intake, and also exercise, movement, self-care or hobbies. So in terms of food intake, we recommend a balanced diet with reduced inflammatory foods and in and consuming an abundance of fresh fresh veggies, fruit and lean meats. So ensuring that a male is in a healthy weight range in terms of the study that you were just talking about with the mice. With the little mice. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, the stress obese. And obese. Yeah. So yeah. that's that physical stress on the body that's going to be affecting their sperm quality. Exactly. So I guess that physical stress from not only the external factors of stress that is then causing internal, but with the obesity side of things. So yeah. it is that checking in with your mental health as well, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And yeah. checking in with the psychologist if need be. Yeah. And talking yeah. about your stress load and, and, you know, what are you using for hobbies? So, and then we and can do time and also talking about how you are relieving your stress, mm. bearing in mind that alcohol intake is really important and having the everything in moderation approach. I think, you know, daily consumption of alcohol and binge drinking will affect fertility. So checking in with that as well. Yeah, exactly. And how many standard drinks are you having per week rather than per day? Yes. And what is your purpose on the weekends? You know, is it something other than drinking or going to the pub it might be something as well as rather than having a social outlet through alcohol finding something that you enjoy such as fishing or cooking or cooking yeah so I guess from that side of things where we're talking about food and inflammation from alcohol and also recreational drugs yes and also the history is of have you taken steroids for performance or for the gym and that's also something to flag because even though that might not be right now that you're doing that if you've done that in the last decade or maybe the last three decades then that's something that you may want to check in with your gp about and being quite transparent to your partner if you feel comfortable about that but you could always begin with the conversation at the gp and then just flagging that with them and then getting the testing done 
Yes, because that's an important factor in fertility. Yes, exactly, exactly. In addition to that, we always recommend avoiding smoking. Active and passive smoking harms sexual and reproductive health in both men and women. Yes, not just women. Not just men, yes. Not just women, yeah. So for men, it can damage sperm DNA and increase the chances of miscarriage and also likelihood of childhood cancers. So bearing that in mind to avoid smoking as well. And also with that preconception care for males, as we're talking about before about the obese mice, is that side of things of using that three months to really support your BMI and to drop some weight if need be um, so that you're feeling like the healthiest version of yourself before you conceive. Yes, and incorporating healthy sleep patterns and moving the body and doing exercise for enjoyment. Definitely. Finding something that you like to do. Definitely. And not only is it sperm health, weight and stress, but also inflammation with the bowels and gut health. Yeah, so that systemic inflammation in the body doesn't just affect, you know, the localised bowels. Like you were saying, Liz, it's the bowels are so close to the reproductive organs that will begin to affect the sperm health the sperm as well. Too. So that's why, you know, your sperm health isn't just about the sperm and conceiving. It is about the general male's well-being and how are you feeling? Yeah. Because it is so important to check in just like a female does before you do think about conceiving. Definitely. Mm. And lastly, if we check in with desire yes. and... The morning wood. The sleeping penis. The sleeping penis. So this is a really interesting um, concept and um, it's... And factor to use for your health. Yeah, yeah. So Liz, would you like to delve into that a little bit more? Yeah, let's do that. So let's start with the morning wood. Mm -hmm. So um, the morning wood, which I think this is so interesting. So Dr. Turek is a reproductive urologist who I saw presenting Canada last year and he demystified the sleeping penis which morning wood is actually technically known as nocturnal penile pumescence which is the penis actually relaxing so an erect penis is more is actually more relaxed than a flaccid one which is quite interesting because with the arteries they're dilated to bring that blood flow and the veins are constricted YouTube has a fantastic description of this. It's just called morning wood. But morning wood, or let's call it MPT, is actually a really good indicator of deep REM sleep. Now, the highest testosterone levels are in the morning. So a lot of the time you may see that your partner wakes up with a morning wood or you yourself might notice it. And it is healthy at any age. So it is an indicator that you've had a really good sleep. And it's a really good indicator of testosterone levels. So you can actually use morning wood or MPT as a, as a factor of how your stress levels are or how your sleep quality is due to a sudden drop in frequency actually being a sign of an underlying issue. So getting to know your body and realizing, oh, a sleeping penis is really healthy. Is this something that I'm waking up with three times a week, five times a week, seven times, and then has it just dropped off and I'm not experiencing morning wood at all? And this is a marker and indicator that, hey, am I getting enough sleep? Am I looking after myself? Am I drinking too much alcohol or dabbling with recreational drugs too much? And am I too stressed? Because the body tells us in different ways that it's not coping. And how so, easy is that, having a penis yes. that tells you? Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> easier for men than women. I know. <laughs> I know. You've got that indicator there. And, you know, I guess, Georgia, a topic that we speak about a lot in clinic is desire. Yes. 
and you know using the word desire rather than libido is I think libido does cause a lot of pressure yeah and I think timing conception around desire rather than libido rather than libido and putting the pressure on you as a couple it's more enjoyable that way and also the fluctuations in desire for a male like the morning would if that begins to drop off that's an indicator of hey what's going on in my life that is affecting my overall quality of life and desire Mm. is a huge factor exactly exactly and I guess they used to use the word libido and you know clinically we're used to too and it's yes and how is your libido and you know it it can be a word that some people may be uncomfortable with or it may be a word that oh how much sex am I having per week yes rather desire is a much more appropriate word because we have so many factors that may lead us to not being able to have sex. So yeah. that might be that our partner's away, that might be that we have too much work or we may be too stressed or we might have the kids to be looking after. Yeah. And rather than that, we're checking in with the desire. So is there desire for intercourse? Is there desire for masturbation? Yeah, and does that fluctuate throughout the day or throughout the week? Or Yeah. So that's really important to check in with as yes. well. And so when we were talking about masturbation and the regularity, yes. so – some a common question we're asked in the clinic is how much sex should we be having if we're trying to conceive? And I guess it is an important question to ask because it is confusing and some couples will have sex every day for 30 days and they get yep. quite tired of it, which is very fair enough because yep. it shouldn't be at all. Yes. So we want to make sure that your that males are ejaculating or having regular sex every two to, two to three times per week. Sorry. Mm. So it is advice for sperm to not, sorry, let me rephrase that. (laughs) So ejaculation or regular sex two to three times per week is advised. Mm -hmm. So sperm is not stored in the testicles for too long where it can be damaged. Okay. So some couples, you know, they're having sex every day and it's tiring them out and it's putting a bit of pressure on the the relationship. relationship. But then other couples abstain from sex outside the fertile window. So it's important to note that sperm does not become more potent if a man abstains from sex or ejaculation. In fact, it's actually the opposite. It's healthy to have sex. Yeah. Or so, masturbate. Or masturbate two to three times per week. Yes. And yeah. then so, and I guess it is that side of things as well of making sure you are having sex for connection and pleasure. Yes. Through the month, even when you are planning and trying to conceive. Yeah. And enjoying each other's company. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Have fun yeah. with it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... I guess from there, Georgia, so from a supplement perspective, we won't delve into it too much because it is on the individual and their health history. But it's also another idea of as a female checking in with your partner and saying, look, I'm going to start taking preconception supplements three months before and running that by your partner and seeing if they'd also be open to doing that too because that is going to support their sperm health as much as it will your egg health. Yes, and with supplements, we want good quality supplements because mm. that's important as well for absorption and you'll feel the benefits of it rather than an over-the-counter product. Exactly. So just checking in with your practitioner and, and yes. you know, as we've emphasised in this podcast is really checking in for both of you for preconception care and, and not rushing falling pregnant. Yes, that three-month wait is the best thing you'll ever do if you've got the time on your hands, depending 
on the couple. Yeah, and but everyone's individual. Everyone's individual, sure. yes. Yeah. But really supporting and cleaning your body up if necessary, but being yeah. in the best state that you can be and feeling really well, strong, and mentally really clear before yes. conceiving. And so then the journey of conceiving together to create an optimal pregnancy yeah. and a live, healthy little baby yeah. can be done in a really enjoyable way because we know it does take two to tango it takes two to tango and so even if from this podcast you clean up the diet a little bit or drink a little bit more water just knowing that your sperm is so important so so important and you know it does it plays a role it's 50 percent of the role yes really at the end of the day yeah and you know Depending on, you know, whether you are halfway, you know, you're in the middle of your fertility journey and there hasn't been screening, then this is maybe the time to think about, you know, what's our next steps as a couple of investigation and treatment for both parties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. I think that's where we'll finish up. Yeah. Look after your swimmers. Please. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks right. for listening. Thank you. Bye.